You are Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on into the Locked On Syracuse podcast. Hope everyone's getting geared up for Thanksgiving. Just a day away now. Can't believe the calendar has flown as it has. Today on the show, we're going to have more John Wallace for you, part two of our conversation. So get ready for that because it's a lot of fun stuff today. We're going to get into more of kind of the state of Syracuse basketball, recruiting, all that stuff. And, of course, he is the only guest we've ever had on this podcast with an IMDb page. So we're going to talk to him about his roles in He Got Game and just how his acting career kind of sparked out of nowhere. So we will get into all of that and more. Also, don't forget, check out the show on Twitter, at LO underscore Syracuse. If you're new to the show, just be sure to hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for checking us out today. Hope you join us for some more episodes down the road, including a little programming note for everyone out there right now. We're going to be releasing our Bryant preview and, and a little more of a season preview as a whole. That's coming up on tomorrow. So you can we're probably going to release it a little later in the day on, on Thanksgiving. So you guys will all have that in your feeds. You can get primed up. We're not going to have an episode on Friday, but Tim and I are going to also record a, an episode recapping the Bryant game. That's going to be coming up on Saturday. So be on the lookout for that little off schedule on this holiday week, but we're going to have you five days a week here on, on this holiday week on the Locked on Syracuse podcast. So hope you guys will join us for all of that. And without further ado, let's get to more with John Wallace. What's it like being in a Coach Beheim practice? And how does that compare to other practices that you've been involved with with other coaches? Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, the Coach Beheim that I practice for and the Coach Beheim today are com- it's night and day. Really? Um, yeah, I, I think I think Julie made them much more mild, milder, calmed them down some. Um, you know, he... He was he 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 used to get after it in practice with us sometimes, and um, f- but for the most part he's he's phlegmatic by nature, right? You know, so, but uh, you know he he definitely would get after it, you know, and you know some some guys definitely felt the wrath sometimes. I hardly, you know, ever felt that, but um, you know, going to the practice now, he seems to be like just chilling, calm, relaxed. You know, and, and it's good to see, man. You know, maybe it's because he's a little older, too. But definitely, um, I think Julian, you know, he, he's got more kids now. And he just, he just he's more calm and relaxed. And he's got that national championship. You know, that 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 heals a lot of ills. <laughs> What's uh, what was a moment where he just absolutely laid into you in practice? Uh, honestly, we, we never really had any like bad situations because you know I think my freshman year we got into it one time and he understood basically right then and there how much I want to win and we never really got had a situation after that you know um I got into it more with Bernie you know Bernie (laughs) Bernie was uh responsible for the big men and since I was a big man slash forward sometimes I was with Bernie sometimes I'd be with Wayne Morgan and the times I was with, with Bernie they they we, you know, we, it was very contentious for, for a little while there. And, um, but like I told you guys, before we started the show, I, I apologize to Bernie and I, you know, because everything he was trying to teach me and show me was only to help me. And I, I needed it. And I realized that once I got to the NBA, so I, de- I definitely did apologize to him and thank him for everything. Cause he, 
you know, he got to a point where he, he came up to me one day crying and uh, at Manly Fieldhouse. And, you know, he's basically saying, because, you know, Coach Beheim was, you know, uh, getting on him a little bit too, I guess, maybe. And uh, basically Bernie was like, you know, either we got to get along or I got to, or he's going to find have to find another job. And, uh, you know, it was, you know, I didn't know it was, I, I didn't know it had got to that point. I'm, I'm 19 years old. I don't, you know, I'm just like living, you know, in college, living my life, not realizing that it's affecting him that much, our, our contentious relationship. And, and, and it was odd because actually off the court, we were cool. You know, I'm, his kids love me. David, Sheila, Sarah, Sarah, they used to call me like every day. Like Bernie Fine's son had my name shaved in his head for about a year, you know, so his kids loved me. So it was just like, it was this weird dichotomy where on the court, when we were in practice, we, we like, we were at each other's throats, but off the court, I was hanging out with his kids and at his house all the time because, you know, his kids loved me, you know? And so, but eventually we, we were able to uh, amend everything and, um, and everything has been beautiful. I talk to him all the time, stay in touch to this day. Why do you think it was contentious? Was he just like a stickler for the little well, I was, things? I, I, was, I was young and dumb and I was 19 and thought, thought I knew everything. You know how that is, man. And, um, you know, when, when you're not receptive to, to coaching at first is going to be contentious. And I wasn't, you know, I, I was, I was, um, you know, cause at the time I was playing a lot, I was playing good. And, and all he was saying was you could actually be playing better. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's literally all he was saying. He's like, yeah, I know you're going, I know you're putting up numbers. I know you this, that, but he's like, this is what you could be doing if you started doing this. And I was just like, yeah, well, Bernie, whatever, man. I'm, you know, so um, that's, that's all it was. He really just wanted, he, he knew he wanted me to maximize my potential. And that's it. Uh, I want one more big old Big East question I got for you here, because Tim and I, I mean, the only way that we really experience the old Big East is through like the 30 for 30 that came out or YouTube clips and all that stuff. But you always need to kind of take these things in with context too. just, what were those nights like? And, and you knew every single day it was going to be a dog fight out there. What is that night like? And what, how does that weigh on you mentally knowing like, all right, Wednesday night, I'm doing this Saturday afternoon, back at it again. It's just every single night. It felt like a boxing match. Tyler, it was fun because just like in, in, if you want to use the, the analogy of a boxing match, when you're the, when you're the heavyweight champion, you're knocking everyone out. It's fun. You know, so in our mind, we were always the heavyweight champ. You know, we were perennially good. So it, it wasn't it wasn't anything for us to be like, we weren't worried. Like the game Wednesday, the game Saturday, we were looking forward to it because there's another chance for us to knock someone out, or, you know, win a game. Every game we went into, we thought we were going to win. That's the way we were wired. So it, it was it was it was. It was a blessing, man. It was, it was, you know, one of those things that you're, you're, you're fortunate to be in a position of, 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 of being able to compete a couple of times a week against the best players in the country. When I was in college, the Big East was hands down the best conference in basketball. Wasn't even close. Um, our first team, my senior year, 
was Allen Iverson, Ray Allen, Kerry Kittles, myself, and I think Donye Abrams. And that five would have beat any five in the country, I'm telling you, and wouldn't have even been close, no matter what conference. So every night you got a chance to really go against NBA-type competition. You know, every single night there was NBA-type competition, you know, on Notre Dame teams, Providence teams, Seton Hall. There was there was NBA guys on every level, on, on every team in the Big East, and it was fun and it was something you look forward to. Like Big Monday and all that, man. We look, we live for Big Monday. You live to be to play your game on Big Mondays. What was your reaction when they announced they were switching to the ACC? It sucked. Just like you know, Coach Beheim hated it. We all hated it. It, it. it sucked, and they they should possibly revisit putting the original Big East back together because what they're calling the Big East now is just it's it's, it's not right. It's, it's it's almost an insult to the real Big East. You got Creighton in there. They're in yeah. Nebraska. <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, we're yeah Creighton. I mean, could you imagine having to go to Nebraska, you know, from Syracuse for for a conference game? That just makes no sense. Now, if we're gonna go far, we didn't mind going to Miami. When Miami's in the Big East, you know, you don't mind going to Miami. <laughs> you don't mind that trip. You know what I mean? But yeah. going to Nebraska, now nah, I'm good. I don't need to see any more cornfields or or any other wheat fields or anything like that. So. Um, I, I, I hope they would consider uh, reconfiguring the, the Big East to the old way it was and, and getting back to, to the roots of the real uh, teams that were the, the original Big East. Ah, uh, yes, you know what week it is. Two days separating us from game day, and for some of you, even less than that now. But that's no reason to wait for the mountain cold refreshment of Coors Light. It's a holiday week, and you know what that means. Some of you are getting some extra time off this week. That means plenty of sports to watch, and guess what? There's only one beer for the occasion. It's Coors Light. Whether it's college hoops the next couple of days or football on Thursday in the weekend, do what I do and pair up your sports viewing with Coors Light. It's the official beer of watching any sport or team just to drink beer. Do this right now. Order some Coors Light straight to your house. That's right. It's not just your local restaurants that deliver to you these days. Coors Light can appear at your door in just a couple of clicks and boom, you're ready to chill. Go to get.coorslight.com and you can have a 6-pack, 12-pack, even a 24-pack of Mountain Cold Coors Light right at your doorstep in under an hour. That's right, under an hour. It's less than 60 minutes, and you're going to have Mountain Cold Refreshment at your door. Go to get.coorslight.com. Again, get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Golden, Colorado. Also, Ty, you can get our favorite protein bars, Built Bar, and they've got some awesome savings this week. Black Friday weekend, beginning Thanksgiving Day at 5 p.m., you can go to BuiltBar.com and get 25% off every single product on BuiltBar.com. Plus, if you use our promo code Locked On, you get some additional savings as well. And Built Bar is rolling out some new flavors for the holiday season. If you're dreaming of a white Christmas, they've got some all-new white chocolate Built Bars. The white chocolate cookies and cream is an option, and also white chocolate salted caramel Two new flavors to add and make, I think, 20 now flavors for Built Bar that you can make in your customizable box. Also, more savings. If you go this weekend, Black Friday through Cyber Monday, you get two free candy cane brownie bars with every item purchased. So this is the weekend to go to BuiltBar.com. You can get 25% off everything throughout Black Friday weekend starting on Thanksgiving Day at 5 p.m. And don't forget to use our promo code locked on that'll get you some additional savings. 
this week. Go to BuiltBar.com, get 25% off for Black Friday, and get those protein bars that taste like candy bars. Some of our favorites here on the podcast. This is a great weekend to go do it. Just go to BuiltBar.com. I don't know if the finances will ever work out for it to eventually get back to what it was, but I've always said, and I think Tim is in agreement with me too, there needs to be some sort of preseason celebration, like preseason tournament that is a celebration of the old biggies. You get Syracuse, Georgetown, St. John's, UConn. You just get the band back together for a preseason tournament. That's a great idea, doing that Madison Square Garden. Exactly. What's holding and why aren't, we seeing more people from the old Big East be a little more vocal about getting something like that back together. Maybe you guys got to, uh, you know, try to promote that. And, and <laughs> well, I think your, your to... voice is going to weigh a little heavier than ours. Well, no, but I mean, it's your idea. I don't want to steal your idea. You know what I mean? We'll give you a little so... cut of it. If it works out. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can be the face of it. We'll, we'll be the masterminds, but you got to be the face of it. That, that, but that's honestly a really great idea, man. Uh, a preseason old Big East tournament. That would be awesome. I think it would sell out the garden in a millisecond. That, that think, would be awesome. Do you think Jim Beheim, a guy who he gets he gets a lot of flack for not scheduling a, a tougher non-conference, do you think he would be down for something like that? Absolutely. Absolutely. But you got to remember, Coach Beheim, you know, we, we played a lot of – big teams you know the Kansases and the you know Arizona's when I was there like in, in the in the non-conference games you know home and home it's not about him wanting to uh play weak teams it's actually giving those weak teams or you know mid mid majors mm-hmm. uh for you know I don't want to call them weak um giving the mid majors a chance and it's a nice paycheck for him is giving them a chance to be on a big stage at Syracuse. So it's a good opportunity for them. Plus we didn't need, you know, a a plethora of non uh, tough non-conference games. Our conference was tough enough. We, we, we had enough uh, good games within our conference that we can give the Cornells and the, the Colgates of the world, the game at Syracuse for their fans for their, you know, whatever, for recognition, all that stuff. So I think he was able to help the, the, the smaller programs by giving them those games because we, we didn't need to fill our whole non-conference schedule with um, the, the, the tougher, tougher teams because we had the toughest teams in our conference every year. When you watch Cuse now, what do you make of, of where the program's at? And just, I mean, I'm sure you watch a lot of the games and you see the guys that are on the team now. What, what do you make of where everything is at now that they are in the ACC? Well, it's, uh, the ACC start, starts and stops with Duke and North Carolina, right? So it's, uh, it, and the Big East started and stopped with, Georgetown, Syracuse, and then Connecticut came on late. So we just got to get to the point where we're able to be added to that fray of the North Carolina Duke in terms of, 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 of recognition. And, you know, and you got to give them the credit, like over the years AC, in ACC, Duke and North Carolina have been formidable and dominant for years. I mean, it's a long reign. So for, for Syracuse to, 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 
get that kind of recognition. We're going to, you know, we haven't been there that long yet, but we got to win the ACC cup times, you know, do some, do some things like they've, they've done to, uh, to, to get the same kind of recognition that, uh, that North Carolina do. Cause when you think of ACC, you immediately think of North Carolina and Duke, you know, and we want to get it to the point where you think of Syracuse also. When you look at the, the ever since they joined the ACC, who's a guy that you watched play at Syracuse in the ACC version of Syracuse that would have held up back in your day? So no disrespect, I, I, you know, different eras, different players, you know, you change your game or whatever, right? So, but from the ACC, Q's guys, mm-hmm. you know, Ty's battle, you know, he was tough, man. You yeah. Know, six, five, six, four, can handle, handle, shoot, pass. He, he He's good. Elijah Hughes, you know, shout out to Elijah. He got drafted, you know, good luck to him. But Elijah Hughes could play. He could really shoot it, you know, they're calling them three and D guys now. And hopefully, you know, Elijah gets to the point where he's just a player. You know, I know some guys like that label, but I think he's, he, he brings more to the table than a three and D guy. But right off the top of my head, you know, I think those two guys um, um, definitely could have played in our era, you know, and some, you know, Deion Waiters, even though he didn't play in the HTC, but when you think about Dion at Syracuse, you know, he was, even though he came off the bench, he was, a, you know, one of the better, better guards and probably could have played in uh, our era also. You just got to keep the, the social media out of Tyus's hands during, uh, during the season. So he's not posting anything. Right? Um, well, if he's in our era, man, we wouldn't allow that. Come on. Right. <laughs> you know, we don't do that. Well, you're a former big, obviously. And, you know, I think one of the big talking points lately with Syracuse is they haven't developed the bigs like they used to. They haven't recruited the bigs like they used to. And I think Coach Beheim's even been honest about, I got to get better at recruiting bigs lately. When you watch the the current crop that's come through the past couple of years of Syracuse bigs, like, is that the biggest thing that's holding them back from getting to that North Carolina Duke tier that you mentioned? Well, I don't know. It's I, I think Coach Beheim. You know, he recruits to, uh, you know, our, our, our strengths and what we need. And, um, you know, was, was Craig Forth a dominant big man, but he won a national championship. So it just, I think he finds guys that fit the niche and what he needs them to do. And, you know, just because we're not winning national championships, it's not all on the big man. You know, it's a, it's, it's a team effort and collectively. And I'm not going to criticize or, you know, talk bad about the big man unless right. I'm willing to go up there and help them, you know, and I haven't had the time to go up there and help the big man. I would, I would love to be able to help the guys a little bit more, and especially now during COVID, you can't help them at all. So, you know, it just, you know, I, I would love to see some of the guys, you know, take it, the onus on themselves and, you know, the, you know, put, put the extra work in. It's not just all in the coaches. Uh, you know, as a player, do you want to get better? Well, if you do, you will work every day. I was in the gym every day at Syracuse. You know, we, when you have access to a gym every day, you should be in a gym every day. When you're 18, 19, 20 years old, you're too young to be tired. So you should be in the gym every day. There should be no days off ever. There should literally never be a day off. So, 
that that helps your your game develop. That helps your confidence. And and I think you know for all the talk of you know you know lack of big men the last couple of years, you know we got a couple of guys we're going to develop, and you know let's let's see how they pan out for us. Right. Has Coach Bayheim ever had a conversation with you about coming up and being an assistant? No, no, I don't. I I don't think coach coach knows that's just not me. I don't really have the patience for that. <laughs> you know, I couldn't imagine <laughs> dealing with me, you know, all over, you know, at my age now and dealing with an 18 or 19 year old kid. Uh, no. So no, we've never had that conversation. I've never had an inclination to go that route. So no, it's never been ex- discussed. Well, you've gotten into broadcasting a lot. We mentioned the podcast, but What's the experience of being a broadcaster been like? And was that something that when you were at QS you thought about it or did it just kind of come to be? No, it, fell in, it fell in my lap. My, my guys at MSG, Dan Schoenberg, he, uh, you know, thought I'd, I'd be pretty good at it and gave me, you know, a couple of pointers and put me on this show called People Talking Sports. And that show turned into the MSG 150 with Bill Pito, who's a broadcast legend, and Alan Hahn, who's a legend. And my man Wally Zerbiak, who's on his way to becoming one. So, and those guys make 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 my job easy. They 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 really do because I don't you know I'm a, I'm still a novice when it comes to this, and they they make it really easy for me. Uh, I, I'm able to you know learn learn so much from them, and th- and there's no egos involved, so they're they're always willing and trying to help me because the better I do, the easier my job is, the better the show does. When you got your number retired into the Raptors, when you're lifting that jersey above your head and you're standing on that carrier dome floor, what's the memory that's flashing and running on repeat through your mind? I'm so happy I came to Syracuse. Like, I'm, uh, that's the first time. I'm just so happy that I picked this school and, and, and these fans. And I mean, from the first time I walked on, on the Syracuse, um, to, at a game when I was 16 years old until the last time I was there getting my jersey retired. Pretty much the love has never wavered, the amount of love. When I walked on there as a 16-year-old kid, as a junior, they were like, we want you to come here. We need you, yada, yada, yada. That love has never wavered, man, and that's special. I mean, that, and it's literally been 30 years. I'm 46 years old, so... It's been 30 years of, of nonstop love, and, and hopefully they, they feel the love back when I, whenever I come across a Syracuse fan or Syracuse people in general. I always try to make sure I much show them how much I love them because they've always shown me love. So what's more nerve-wracking, running out on the Carrier Dome court, getting ready for the game, or having that red light broadcasting go on and you're at the desk getting ready to do your show well you, nerves nerves never enter right because really? when, you're, when you're super prepared when you're ready and when you know what you're going to talk like you're not nervous right now you know your questions you're talking to me it's not so that's how it is for me like it's not it's not nerve-wracking i, I know what i'm gonna talk about it's not like it's not like it's, we, we go in there blindly like i do one show on msg where we really just see the clips for the first time we speak about it but i mean it's, it's more of a comedic feel so it's not like you know you know serious serious talk but for the most part you know you, you kind of know what you're going to kind of think about or say and uh and you're prepared 
And like I said, if 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 you do have a flub or some mess up, Bill Allen and Wally would step in and you know make up for it immediately. So it's never any pressure, man. I never felt pressure in the games either. I, I never not even like national to... title game. Hell no. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I was ready to play. When you, when you're when you're ready and prepared, man, you, you just don't. You're not nervous. You, I've never. I don't get anxious. I don't. None of that stuff enters. It's it's just time to go to go to work. It's time to get it done. So your resume, basketball player, broadcaster, podcaster, actor. And I think you're probably the first guest we've ever had on here with an IMDB page. How? And so I went back and I watched he got game last night. Cause I had never seen it before. Wow. What? Talk about getting prepared, right? I know. <laughs> what, how did that experience come about? Spike Lee, who's a huge Nick fan, he basically offered, uh, opened up the audition to any Nick. And so myself and Walter McCarty, I think we're the only ones who auditioned. And we all read for the part of Jesus, Jesus Shuttlesworth, the Ray Allen's part. Obviously, he picked the right guy. But, you know, we all went in trying to get the Jesus part. And then by process of elimination, he, he, he fit us with, you know, different parts on the team. And I be, ended up becoming Lonnie Dukes. Spike Lee, you know, he told us, give us everything you got on this, on, the, on every scene. And this movie will pay you the rest of your life. And. True to his word, man. I, I get checks every month still from that for that movie, literally. And uh, you know, it's they're not huge checks, but a check is much better than a bill. So you know, um, but it was it was fun, and a lot of the NBA guys today they they came up on that movie. That's like their favorite movie. He got game. You know, when I when I ran into Dame Lillard a couple of years ago in the Garden, he was talking about how he just watched the movie and you know giving me love and shout out. You know what I mean? So it's uh. I didn't realize it was going to be uh, as big as it turned out to be, but you know, that movie was huge for, for, for me and it still is. Yeah. I can't believe that was your first time watching it, Ty. Maybe you gave him a little bit of money last night watching it. But, <laughs> <You're welcome. laughs> uh, but okay. So on the set, who is the best Hooper that wasn't actually a basketball player? Well, my man D Flight, oh God, I'm I'm pretty sure I'm I, I'm I think he died not too long after that movie or something. But my man D Flight, who pretty sure he went to Temple, but he's from Brooklyn. He's from those we were the where they where we were filming the the basketball scenes was right outside the projects, and he was from those projects. And so he came out to film part of the uh, movie with us, and and his. D Flick, he, he was like a great defender. A great defender. And he was guarding Ray Allen. And, you know, not that he was locking Ray up, like, but he was making it very difficult for Ray. Like, Ray wasn't able to get, you know, have his free-flowing moves and all that. So I remember Spike Lee stopped the uh, set a couple times. He goes, basically, like, you know, this guy right that you're guarding, he's the star. So, you know, you I know you got you're competing, but he's got to look good too. So after stopping him a couple of times, he's like, "Man, you got to guard somebody else or sit on the bench because we're trying to shoot a movie here." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I heard Denzel on a podcast one time, and he's talking about I think he was talking about the scene 
where they're playing one-on-one at the end for, for the, for him to sign the, the letter of intent. And if I'm remembering it correctly, apparently they told him to go right one time. It was like early. They tell him to go right one time and he goes left and he actually beats Ray Allen to his left. Do you remember anything about that? Oh yeah. Cause it, everyone kept talking about it. You know <laughs> what I mean? It was, it was, I wasn't like Ray was kind of caught day. off guard a little bit. Yeah, exactly. I wasn't on set that day and Ray was anticipating and his weight was leaning like he was going to go right. And Denzel gave him a little and then went left and yeah, he beat him to the, beat him to the hole. <laughs> he can he put that feather in his cap forever. <laughs> exactly. Um, I remember, I think they were brought this up during the last dance, how there was a space jam sort of bubble that they had where they would just on their off days from shooting they would all just go to this little bubble. They built MJ essentially a gym yeah, uh, so to train in. Yeah. yeah. Did they have something like that for you? And I'm sure you guys played a little bit. How intense no, were those No, that's games? what I'm trying to tell you. That's why the that's why he got game is such a good movie and so real. None of that was scripted. The basketball parts the scenes outside was at the park outside that we played in, right outside the project. All the basketball scenes was at a high school gym. Uh it wasn't Lincoln, though. It was, an, it was another high school gym not too far, but it's in Brooklyn. So it wasn't like just some uh, gym that, you know, was some makeshift gym for the movie set. It was a, it was a real gym. Okay. Um, and then I noticed Jim Brown's in this movie, too. And Jim, <laughs> ba- did, did you have any part in getting either of those two in the movie? Oh, no. no. Spike Lee. That's all Spike Lee. Spike Lee loves Jim Brown as, as you know, we all love Jim Brown. He's the yeah. original Syracuse 44 guy, you know, and a lot of people don't know the reason why he wears 44, but it's because at the time when he came to Syracuse, he couldn't get a full scholarship during those times. So 44 people donated money for him to come to Syracuse. That's why he wore the numbers. That's why the number is special. And I'm, I'm, uh, you know, uh, I I hold that number so, you know, it's so special to me. Wow. That's awesome. John, appreciate your time so much. This has been awesome. Thanks, really guys. Keep doing your to, thing, man. Appreciate it. Really looking forward to, to watching what's next for you and checking you out. Sportscaster Live, you can find him. The Power Forward Podcast, new episodes out every single Wednesday. You can get it wherever you get your podcast. So looking forward to that and also looking forward to this Q's basketball season. Peace, guys. Thank you. All right. Awesome stuff there with John Wallace. So happy to have him on. Hopefully, we'll have him on again sometime during the basketball season and get his thoughts on what the team is doing in the moment. So maybe look on the be on the lookout for that in, in the January, February months. Maybe even gearing up for the tournament, too, because, hey, hoop season just around the corner, coming up Friday. So for some of you, maybe you're listening to this on a Wednesday. Maybe you got away from the family a little bit on, on Thanksgiving, and you're trying to keep up with some Syracuse stuff. And But, yeah, I, tournament definitely on the table for the Syracuse team, and we'll give you our full thoughts on that on tomorrow's show. So be on the lookout for that. Again, no show Friday, but we will have a full recap of the basketball game on Saturday. So stay tuned for that. Hope everyone has a great Thanksgiving holiday and we will talk to you tomorrow.